listening to Earth Oddity, a weekly odyssey into all the oddity planet Earth has to offer. And now, serving it up, are Christopher Tiny Sullivan and John Wong. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Earth Oddity Podcast. Uh, here we are again on a beautiful Sunday afternoon, ready to talk about some odd news. But first, John Long, my friend and co-host, how was your week? It was great. I wanted to say I was glad I got to keep Tiny's Lawn Care and Service running <laughs> this past week with you, Bar of Alamore. I knew that was going to come up yeah. at one point. That was my yard. Sure, right. <laughs> <laughs> but here's what I told Dieter. I was like, well, Tiny brought my lawnmower back. I probably need to mow the grass. Uh, I was like, I thought he would probably be like, well, <laughs> since you let me mow, use your lawnmower, I'll mow your grass. I was like, but he probably filled it up with gas so I don't have to go get gas. And I went out there and I was like, well, Tiny didn't fill it up with gas either. I was like, so I got to go to the gas station. I'll be right back. I did fill it up before I cut. Was it empty? No, it wasn't empty. Oh, okay. No, there was gas in it. <laughs> All right. It just wasn't enough. I was afraid I'd get doing it and it stopped. You know what? You're right. I should have cut your grass. No, you I should have offered. I didn't think it needed it. No, but, it was fine. Yeah. Yeah, it was fine. And then I butchered our hedges because they just been mad about our hedges. So I tried to make them die. I I want to say when we first moved in, it was like, not. I mean, we moved in in January, but that spring I tried to cut back our hedges. Yeah. And Tara told me to quit. Okay. Because I tried to do that at our old house one time, and they grew back fine. Yeah. But for a good several months, they looked terrible. Right. And she's told me to leave them alone, so I hadn't touched them since. And now, especially the ones on the side yard, are like they look like Pokemon out there or something. Well, a, a, a back before, when lawn season started, Dita was like, I would like our hedges to be shorter. You mm-hmm. know? I was like, fine. This is the height they've been since we moved in, but whatever. So I was like, so first time I trimmed them, she was like, I thought we were going to make them shorter. And I was like, well, you got a mouse in your pocket because I'm the only one out here doing it. <laughs> but whatever. I was like, yeah, I don't want to just completely wreck them, you know. So then she mentioned it again. And so I was like, all right, well, let's get to it. And I, I cut them back pretty good. <laughs> let's get the chainsaw. <laughs> yeah. So we get home from church today and she's like. I, I feel like we should let those front two bushes just grow together like the ones on the other side. And she started critiquing everything. <laughs> I was like, well, look, you can be in charge of hedges if you want to be in charge of hedges. I was like, you got a lot of suggestions and thoughts and all that, and you're not doing anything. I think she should hedge her bets. <laughs> <laughs> I would be happy with just tearing them up and starting all over. I don't care. I, I thought they looked fine. Mm-hmm. Like they were when we moved in. But uh, apparently, if you do that, you have to get approval from the HOA. For and, real? Oh, yeah. Dude. Somebody told us they did their whole thing again, and then the HOA made them like dig it up or dig up part of it because it wasn't like on the approved list of plants or whatever you could put in here. Oh, man. Yeah. Had so, no idea. Didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. Uh, and that may have been back when the HOA was – more like, powerful. Yeah, right. When they <laughs> when they were cutting everybody's front yard and all that. Yeah. You know, they used to do that for mm-hmm. everybody. And we would only have to cut our backyards. But. I'm glad it's been long enough that they're getting lax. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't think they much care except for people with dogs pooping in everybody's yards. <laughs> well, I, was say, that was, I was just in the Facebook group. I don't all know the if there's anything that can... I love the, the action has been taken. Yeah. I love the one from a few weeks ago with a guy going, Hey, your dog pooped in my yard at like two fifty four 
a.m. or whatever. Got it right here on my ring camera. I got it on my camera. Don't make me release this footage. <laughs> Come clean it up. I would, if I was a person who was letting my dog crap in the yard, I'd be like, go ahead and release it, buddy. <laughs> we, we, the citizens of yeah. Bell Mead, demand you release no, the footage. I would have responded to that post with, I'm the owner of that dog. I let him crap in your yard. I will never <laughs> clean it up. Release the footage now. Like, if you're going to paint me in a corner, that's fine with me. And I would, I'll be and like, just like that, he's now powerless. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. <laughs> I wanted to chime in like it was me. You know? <laughs> Even though it wasn't. Yeah, no, I was. <laughs> Jay craps in our backyard. Yeah. So the cat craps in our backyard. My uh-huh. backyard is just a pooping ground. <laughs> I thought about opening it up to the neighborhood. Just come <laughs> crap in our backyard. Dude, yeah. what if you could like charge a dollar? Yeah, that's the thing. For neighborhood pets to poop in your yeah, yard. They just come on in. Yeah. yeah. Jay's fighting with them all the time. <laughs> no, anyways. Um, yeah, so thanks for cutting my yard, Tiny. I appreciate it. <laughs> this is a nice Christian thing to do. Yeah. Somebody loaned you up. Don't mention it. I don't remember where I was when you texted me, but I, I immediately told Hudson and Thomas to open it up, open up the garage so you could get mm-hmm. to it. And then I was thinking, is because we had our, another water heater problem. Oh, no. This is now the third or fourth one. I'll never be able to sell this house to anyone who listens to this podcast. <laughs> So then I was like, where in my mind, I was like, can he even get to the thing? Did I move it? Did I oh, put yes. it, you know, no put problem. stuff on top of it or whatever? So yeah. So yeah. I've, my lawnmower has been nothing but trouble. Okay. I have had to replace so many parts. And the reason I needed to borrow yours is because the recoil went out. Now, this was after I scavenged another one off of another mower <laughs> that went bust, you know, a couple of years sure. back. And I ordered like the wrong part. I didn't have the right part because, you know, I don't know if you're aware, but Briggs and Stratton, they make their parts list as difficult to understand and comprehend <laughs> as possible. Yeah. It's like trying to decipher something that a lawyer wrote. Sure. And I think I've got the right one, but we'll see. My strategy has just been order random parts from Amazon. <laughs> and if they don't work, send them back. Send them back. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, uh, I mean, if you're going to be doing your own lawn care business, you might need to invest in a new mower. Yeah, that's what Tara said. Yeah. But in, we may be getting there, but Which, I don't know. Here's the thing. I bought this one, I think, three years back, and it was like 400 bucks. I can't go spend $400 on a new mower like every few years. That's I need like one that five works. yards for you, Tiny. You got it. <laughs> oh, it's a lot more than five <laughs> yards. Uh is uh I I hadn't sharpened the blades on my mower this year, so you may have noticed it's you didn't get a great fine. cut. Yeah, but yeah, I I maybe will get around to doing that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You bought it brand new, and you've had nothing yeah. but trouble. And I've had well, it cut good the first you know year, or I guess that first summer it was fine. But huh. yeah, I've had I've had to take it apart. I've replaced so much stuff on it. So what you get from buying it from SD Allen? <laughs> this one was from Home Depot. So Home Depot. I think that's where I got mine. Mm. I don't remember. Adetra actually bought ours. Well, yours is a craftsman, so is it? maybe it'll. I thought it was a Troy built. Maybe I thought I thought I saw a craftsman sticker on it. It may be. I don't even pay attention. Yeah. I don't know. I had a craftsman riding lawnmower for forever. That was fine. Mm-hmm. That we had to sell when we bought this house because. You couldn't even really use it in our little bitty yard. Right. So my aunt. Well, I don't think we sold it. I think we gave it to my aunt. Mm-hmm. Or maybe we gave it to my mom and dad, and they sold it to my aunt. You know, I'm not big on selling stuff. I just like to give it away. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
the Lord brought it to me, I will release it out into the world mm-hmm. for other people to do stuff with. Which I thought I saw you had a box spring or something laying out in front of your house. Was that yours the other yes. day? Did uh, y'all get a new bed, new mattress or something? Well, Eli, he slept on a queen that used to belong to uh, Miss Kathy. Okay. <laughs> it was her old old bed. Sure. And uh, he he wanted a new mattress, so Tara bought him like a secondhand full size. Okay, and we, he was just sleeping on a, like a full size on the queen frame. There you go. Which I thought was fine. Yeah, me it works being, okay. Me growing up trailer trash <laughs> redneck, I thought it was fine. Sure, but Tara decided no, so she ordered him a frame. I put it together okay. last week. And- cool. Spiller Furniture sells those too. Whatever. I mean, it's fine. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know why y'all don't want to do business with me. <laughs> I lay awake at night and think about it. Oh, what have I done wrong? Yeah, y'all need to sell stuff secondhand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe we do. If maybe Spiller Furniture can have a vibrant Facebook marketplace business, like a marketplace page. I've suggested that go. before for like our scratch and dent yeah, stuff, yeah. and it got shot down. I oh, thought no. it was a solid, you know, if we had some stuff that wasn't moving, mm-hmm. then bring it to the warehouse put it on Facebook Marketplace it just just to get rid of it price. I feel like there's thousands of women out there just like Tara who constantly comb yeah. through, you know, yeah. Facebook posts. Yeah. And it probably yeah, that probably worked, but I don't know, that may not they may that may not attract the type of clientele. Well, this Miller uh, furniture <laughs> typically likes to cater to. It's not the focus of our, you know, of our business is not to be selling scratch and dent furniture mm-hmm. on Facebook marketplace. You know, we want to sell new furniture to people. We would like to finance it too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I understood why that I was like, this is a solid idea. You know, why don't y'all start like another business and it's got like nothing to do with spiller furniture, at least visibly to the public, right. like <laughs> tiny's bargain barn. <laughs> exactly. Like tiny's bargain. barn. <laughs> what if I, well, I was going to say, what if I built you, what if I talk Shane into building you a building <laughs> and we just lease a Tiny's furniture discount scratch and dent store mm-hmm. and you we sell you our scratch and dent stuff and then you liquidate it however you want to. You huh. can have a store. Now you have to lease, you have to pay for the building. Yeah, I got you. I you got know. you. I mean, nothing's free. This nothing's is, free. It's a right. business. Yeah. And then you could sell it on Facebook Marketplace, Antiques Roadshow, whatever You're you want. You're going to have to toss in the giant armadillo suit for free. <laughs> we could do that. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, anyways, that's enough furniture talk. I know people don't want to hear about that. They want to hear about weird stuff. They want to hear about news, news stories. All right. Well, we're going to talk about uh, a discrimination that has happened by our airlines. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about Brittany Griner, and we're going to talk about a couple of boys who went on a joyride. Okay. I have a story about a Loch Ness Monster Hunter. Okay. A story about Auschwitz flavored ice cream, but I want to start <laughs> with this one. Uh, orcas. They're orcas. sinking ships off the coast of Spain, John. Okay. They're attacking us. They're the killer whales. are attacking. They're killer whales. They live up to their name. Yes. Orcas sink another boat. Keyword in that headline is another. That's the second one, at least. <laughs> in Europe, the behavior is spreading. Okay. Uh, I don't want to alarm the public, but this is it, y'all. Well, it <laughs> this is it. It We're ain't all... happening in the Gulf of Mexico, <laughs> so me and you ain't got nothing to worry about. It's spreading, though. <laughs> 
Uh, a trio of orcas work together to sink a yacht off the coast of Spain, the latest in a string of similar incidents involving the marine mammals and European boats. It's probably because of global warming, if I had to guess. <laughs> well, I mean, isn't everything... Sure. At- well, you know how irritable you get when you get hot. <laughs> yes. The three killer whales, one large and the other two, uh, rammed into the yacht on May 4th. Skipper Werner Schnaufelenberger... <laughs> <laughs> said in a media report published last week. The two little orcas observed the bigger one's technique, and with a slight run-up, they rammed into the boat also, he told Germany's Yacht Magazine. The people aboard were all rescued, but the boat ultimately sunk. Since 2020, there have been continuous reports of orcas having these kinds of interactions with boats in the Strait of Gibraltar and the waters around Spain's... Is it a... Galicia coast. Mm-hmm. Sure. I, I've never been there. Yeah. Biologist Alfredo Lopez Fernandez of Portugal's University of Alro told Life Science. The researcher who co-authored a paper on the phenomenon pub- published last year in the journal Marine Mammal Science. He told Life Science that he only knew of three incidences since 2020 in which orcas had fully sunk a boat. In my opinion, that's three too many. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> he also noted the vast majority of vessels are left in peace. Uh, in 2022, Orcas sank two sailboats, one in July and then another one in November, off the coast of Portugal. In those cases, everyone was rescued and there were no injuries, but the incidents can be jarring even when the boats don't sink. Speaking to NPR last year, yacht passenger Esther Christine Storkson described how a group of orcas near France started ramping, ramming the boat that she was on, giving the impression of a coordinated attack. And then in 2020, British yacht captain David Smith said that six or seven orcas started slamming into his vessel for two hours, apparently going for the rudder. Huh. In both instances, the yachts did not sink and no one was injured. I guess they finally gave up. Yeah. Researchers don't know for sure what's prompted the behavior, But Lopez Fernandez told Live Science that some scientists suspect that it all started when a female known as White Gladys had an initial collision with or other traumatic encounter involving a boat. Oh, she went back and told the others. (laughs) That's what it sounds like. Uh, The theory is that she then started exhibiting defensive behavior against the vessels, which other orcas began to copy. Sure. Uh, that traumatized orca is the one that started this behavior of physical contact with the boat. Can we get, I don't know. <laughs> well, I just want to say manatees need to get their act together. <laughs> They're getting crushed down in Florida. <laughs> they need to get together. I feel like, is this, uh, I mean, how, how many people, how many orcas have been sunk by boats? <laughs> I don't I, know. I don't know. White Gladys, white supremacist <laughs> Gladys. <laughs> She's, the, she's she started, started all of it. Yeah, Ali, man, she needs to get her blubber out of the way. <laughs> I, I, it's hard to feel sorry for people who own yachts. You know, <laughs> no. That's my main thing. I agree, but I wonder if this is going to be like one of those things: the orcas attacked the yachts, and I did nothing because I didn't have a yacht. <laughs> that's right. And then they went for the christians and i did nothing because i'm not a christian and then they went for the whoever yeah they, and then finally the orcas came for me then there was no one left <laughs> yes yeah i don't know ken uh are they a protected species they shouldn't be 
Yeah, I don't know. It sounds like they can protect themselves. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, we might need to go back to mountain harpoon guns (laughs) on those boats. Be like, you show one of them, we'll kill you if you hit her boat. Mm -hmm. They may go back and tell the others, like, look, this is a bad idea. (laughs) It was fun for a couple of years, guys. White Gladys, we're out on attacking boats. You know, we've been cool for a long, long, long time, but there was a time. Yeah. We used to hunt down whales and use them just to keep the lights on. That's right. We did a lot of damage to the whales. Yes. I, whales in general are loved by everyone, you know, mm-hmm. and killer whales too. That's how SeaWorld made us money all those years. People <laughs> love to go see them. Then they got a little tired of that down there. Maybe killer whales are just, uh, they're on the come up. They're like, we're tired. We're tired of humans. <laughs> Y'all kept us in tanks down in Florida for forever. You hitting us with your boats? We're coming for you now. I, but I mean, well, <laughs> White Gladys was she the only one that got hit by a boat? Maybe so, huh? It seems I imagine we've probably hit some here or there around around the world. As much seafaring as we've done, and now in they're our history, back. Yeah, now they've decided enough's enough. Well, they're fixing to find out. Sure, that we have opposable thumbs. <laughs> True, what all that entails. <laughs> Firearms. We can do a lot of stuff. Depth charges. <laughs> sonar. Look, which we, I guess they got yeah. sonar too. I wouldn't put it beyond our government to declare war on the orcas just to <laughs> just to get rid of some bombs so we can buy some more. I think they're assisting in the drug trade. <laughs> <laughs> they're Colombian <laughs> <Yes>. orcas. <laughs> they 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 like swallow huge. Sure. Plastic bags of cocaine and then body <laughs> smuggle it up the coast. <laughs> That's not a bad idea because you can train them, you know? Yeah. You could use them to haul your drugs around. What's the Coast Guard going to do? Especially if they're protected. Just make sure that uh, like there's not like a tear. Sure. Right. <laughs> they, like ingest this massive amount of cocaine. You, <laughs> you thought cocaine bear was bad. <laughs> cocaine, yeah, orca. cocaine orca. It'll sink every boat in the marina. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to see the manatees mount a defense, though. You know, right? <laughs> they need to get together. They could tump over a bass boat if they wanted <laughs> a bass to. Bass boat, yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, or a little, a little uh, Boston whaler down there. Uh-huh. Yeah, they could do that. <laughs> would be no problem for them because uh, they're getting. Well, I, I don't know anymore how bad it was, but I know growing up, it was like there's three manatee left and they're too dumb to get out of the way of boats. <laughs> well, some would say that that's nature's way. Sure. Of deciding that they've been around long enough. Some would say that. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's the side Charles of Darwin me. Darwin would say that. <laughs> there's a side of me that's like, well, they would be fine if we weren't running prop boats up and down their little channels. They like to hang out in. Hey, look, some, this is what happens when one species evolves. True. And moves in on the territory of True. something else. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. We, I threw this stat out there this morning, 50% of all extinctions in North America since 1800 have happened in Alabama. Mm-hmm. And that's mainly due to damming up the rivers. You know, mm-hmm. I hate we lost 50% of the people, but we have great power here. <laughs> we you know? do. I mean, we, have, we have a lot of usable waterways now, too, for shipping and everything else. Sometimes you, name- you got to crack a few eggs to make an omelet. I was about to say, can you name one of those species? Yeah. Okay. The Alabama sturgeon. <laughs> okay. Which they, it may. I, I, dude, I, that was fixing to be such a good home when you were like, I just no. know it was that many. No. 
Well, here's the thing. They don't know for sure. They assume the Alabama sturgeon is extinct. They just hadn't seen it. They haven't seen it in forever. They did collect some DNA. Like they found some DNA and some water samples they were taking in the Alabama River a few mm-hmm. years ago. That may indicate that the Alabama sturgeon is still alive somewhere. Yeah, but forever they didn't even know the Alabama sturgeon was a is actual own species. They just thought it was a baby sturgeon because hmm. it's smaller than you know bigger sturgeons. So is that the yeah. only difference? Well, yeah. I mean that, and I think it's got a different coloration or okay. something like that. So yeah, it, but they had to get in the lab to find out that it was actually a different. Yeah, species. right. There's gotcha. finally somebody was like. This booger's different. <laughs> Wait a minute. It doesn't exist anywhere in the world. There's an A here that should yeah. be a G. <laughs> they're like, they're like, too bad we built a bunch of dams and it can't go upstream to spawn on shoals like it has for millions of years. Or oh. thousands, depending on which version of the Bible you believe in. I'm glad we got all those dams before we figured this <laughs> out. Right. Because if we hadn't, yeah. we would all be... I don't understand why we can't blackouts go, and brownouts. Why can't we go back and build like fish ladders or whatever so they can go up above the dams? Right. Or leave the locks open for certain periods of time so mm-hmm. they could travel back and forth. I don't know how all that works. So don't get me started on conservation in Alabama. Can't also, don't we have like the technology these days to just bring them back? Maybe so. I mean, they're going to bring back the mammoth. Yeah. Right? I mean, I guess if you get DNA, you can clone so it. As long somehow. as it's not too ancient. Yeah. Like I watched this thing, and it they basically it was a scientist who was explaining why we'll probably never be able to clone dinosaurs, like in Jurassic Park. Oh yeah, because it's too far back. Something about something about DNA. If it's too far now, who knows? I mean, technology. Maybe we could get to the point yeah. where we could recreate it synthetically. Maybe I don't know. Hey, I'll figure it out. <laughs> I'm not smart enough to know. It. Right. But, I mean, there's a lab right now trying to bring back the mammoth, the woolly mammoth. And it won't be like 100%. Yeah. But it'll be like... Close enough. Close enough. And then once they get like a couple of them, they can start breeding them. Right. And like bring it back from the brink. They huh. say... And well, I mean, I'm all for going and looking at a woolly mammoth, mm-hmm. but are we just going to turn them loose? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> okay. I want to bring them back just so we can hunt them to extinction again. <laughs> Because that take that <laughs> hunting woolly mammoths. Yeah, I bet that was so much fun. Sure, and we'll never experience that. No, <laughs> I think it would be cool if we did have them to have a hunting season, but you were only allowed to use bows and spears. Mm-hmm. You know, so then like we'd have to get thirty dudes together, <laughs> right, and go out and try to take one down. I mean, I don't guess anybody actually knows how they did it, but I've heard. Some people think that they may have, like, you know, tried to corral them and trick them to running off a cliff. Stuff That's like not that. a bad idea. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think you just keep keep hitting it with arrows until it falls <laughs> over. <laughs> just follow it around for three weeks while it slowly <laughs> dies. Yeah. Sure. I don't know. And um, then it starts sinking all our, I was going to say, <laughs> starts knocking over all our buses like the orcas. <laughs> Well, speaking of mammoths and whales, Tiny, um, I can't fit in the plane aisle. It feels like discrimination. A plus-size TikToker is arguing that airlines should make plane aisles wider to accommodate larger passengers. <laughs> okay. Now, you you may be like me. I like a little meat on my bones on my ladies, right? <laughs> okay. A little bit. I like a, I like a curvy lady. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, the woman who posts to the platform as Big Curvy Olivia (laughs) shared a video this week herself struggling to traverse a United Airlines plane, having to turn sideways as she walked past the row of seat rows of seats. Mm -hmm. Uh, Here's a picture of Big Curvy Olivia. All right. All right. She's a cutie pie. Everybody knows that. Honestly, it's discrimination, she said that they can't build wider aisles on airplanes in 2023, she wrote on the clip, which has landed about 700,000 views. The Post reached out to the TikToker for, uh, and United for comment. Her post drew more than 5,000 comments with users divided on how to handle the situation. That's why I fly business class or first class. I'm not as big, but I'm not small. Everyone is happy and I get peace, one user confessed. Uh, another one said, look, I'm a really big guy, and I don't fit in things either. I'm bragging. He's just bragging. <laughs> but I just like to accommodate and accept that for myself. Here's a, a steal from the video. Okay. Yeah. yeah. She's she, she's struggling to get down the aisles. Other officers slam, other slammed the woman for her audacious obser- observation. I admire the strength of those people that slammed this woman. <laughs> Got a problem with it? Don't fly, one TikToker snort. <laughs> How is that discrimination, another wondered. Real talk, though, they should be accommodating for tall people, a user quipped. Now, you may be familiar with that being a tall guy. Yeah, yeah. I would imagine it's tough, on, especially if you're sitting back in a cheap seat where I have to sit when I fly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't flown often, and yeah, it's, it's a bit cramped, yeah. but... I've always felt, I don't know, like maybe it was a bit much to expect somebody to build the entire plane bigger <laughs> just for me. You see what I'm yeah, saying? I see what you're saying. <laughs> I, why don't we develop a just like an airline for big folks? Right. Wider aisles, bigger seats. We have to charge more because... I say, I've looked into the cost and just the fuel cost alone. Sure. Fuel. <laughs> make it. Fuel's going to be higher. We got to get more weight off the ground. Difficult. And we're going to have less seats, so we're going to have to charge more per ticket. Mm-hmm. But if you're big, that may be what you want, you know? Right. And we'll have top-tier snacks for everybody. I was just going to say, can we have like a Chinese buffet table? <laughs> yeah, ch- <laughs> a chocolate fountain we just run down the thing. <laughs> I think this is a good idea. Somebody could make money doing that. Wider aisles mean less seats, uh, and they would be cutting into profits to accommodate accommodate the supersized one person wrote. <laughs> a so, another social media influencer created a change.org petition, uh, demand for the FFA to protect plus-size travelers, outlining several suggestions to ensure larger passengers can fly without issues. Um, that lady, her name was Jalen Cheney, claimed she and her fiance were subject subjected to hateful comments. Look, if you do anything on the internet, you're going to get hateful <laughs> comments. Funny. I'm tired of people saying <laughs> that like that's some sort of slam. People on the internet are mean. They're very mean. <laughs> like, just, is this just, just how your it is. first day? <laughs> They're going to make fun of you. You can post a sweet picture of your child, and someone will make fun of you on the internet. That's just the way it goes. You can be the world's most perfect person. Yeah. There's still going to be somebody yeah. out there who's going to say something. You know mean. who they make fun of a lot on the internet? Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, <they do. laughs> a lot. A lot. A man with no sin. You can't find any error with him. 
They still make fun of him. Yep. You think you're better than Jesus? No, they're going to slam you too. All right, anyways, uh, she got hateful comments, disapproving looks, and even refusal to sit next to them amounting to dis- discrimination. More than 9,000 people had signed her petition as of Thursday afternoon. Not a lot, I got to say. <laughs> I mean, she got this post article. Sure. Which right. is probably a lot more than you should yeah. expect. Uh First of all, I think everybody should be happy with whatever size you are. You know, I don't I don't believe in beauty standards or anything like that at all. But I think your point is very good. Expecting the entire world to accommodate you mm-hmm. is a whole different thing. Right. You know, and I don't know that the airline has an obligation to make it easier for you to fit down the aisle, you know. I think expecting that seems a little unreasonable to me. You should be happy they're not charging you for the extra fuel costs. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, you know, and it's whatever. I, I, You know, I don't know that if I couldn't get down the aisle on airline, I would go to the internet and start complaining about it. Mm-hmm. My first thought would be like, I might need to slim down the hips a little bit. Right. Or not fly. Or, yeah, or I'll just be taking the bus, <laughs> which is fine. Right. Driving's awesome. So, yeah. They don't really make cars for big people either, do they? I mean, there are some cars. Yeah. Uh, my grand, my uh, grandparents, they had this old Oldsmobile. With the bench, bench seat? seats. Yeah. Yeah. It felt like you could fit like the entire million dollar band in one of those things. Buddy, <laughs> my first car had a bench seat. Yeah. And it was a 1976 Malibu classic. <laughs> it was, my family's rich, of course. I got a 16 year old hand me down car when I turned 16. Yeah. But let me tell you what, you could make out in a front seat. You didn't even need to get in a back seat. <laughs> it, had, it was luxurious with room. Yep. Yeah. This is a lot of fun. I missed that car. Anyways, I hope this lady joins me and let's start, you know, big, beautiful airlines. <laughs> <laughs> and come fly the great blue yonder. Heck yeah, man. You know how well that would go over? <laughs> Americans in general are more obese than we've ever been. Right. I think that's a huge flex to the rest of the world. (laughs) We have so much food over here, we're fat. (laughs) All these third world countries struggling to eat that day. Yeah, and we're just big. You know, in the Middle Ages or whenever, if you were fat, that was a sign of prosperity. Mm -hmm. That's where we're at now, right? (laughs) Well, we're definitely at prosperity and Oh Fatness. yeah. Well, we're we're about to all gonna get real skinny. I'm afraid <laughs> everything's getting close to collapse. Yeah, I had this conversation with Shane this week. Um, we all just need to not pay taxes. <laughs> you know, let's all get together this year yeah. and just buy. And next year, let's not pay any taxes. It'll be a long time before they get down to me. You mm-hmm. know, to come and get me for not paying taxes. That's a fascinating because I mean, yeah, they cut it out of your check, but I guess you could have that. You could go claim. Yeah. Tax exempt. Exactly. And then just refuse to write a check. Well, yeah. Right. And if we all did that. Then what are they going to do? I mean, I guess. Well, how are they going to pay the, the people? The first thing to, they're going to do is default on their, their debts. How are they going to pay the people to come arrest us? Right. If we don't give them any money. <laughs> I feel like this got, is a great idea. We got them by the short hair. Exactly. <laughs> Let's just stop. 
shopping with them, you know, essentially. <laughs> this is like a Baptist boycott in Disney, mm-hmm. uh, Rednecks boycott in Bud Light, uh, Liberals boycotting the Washington Redskins, whatever, <laughs> you know. We can all come this together. This is like the granddaddy of all boycotts. Yeah. And we'll just install Ron Paul as our king and <laughs> move on with Go life. back to monarchy. Go back to monarchy. <laughs> Yeah, so join me in not paying taxes. Yeah. Because I did not like it this year. Also, if we're the ones having to pay the taxes, we should have a bigger say in what's going on. Our representatives are not representing us. Correct. So we can just be like, no, I don't want to send any more bombs to Ukraine, so I'm not giving y'all any money. Mm -hmm. I feel like this would work. I feel like I'm probably going to be on some list after saying that, too. (laughs) Well, it makes too much sense. Sure. And the FBI will be at my house. Uh-huh. They've had a rough go of it the past couple of weeks, the old FBI has. I was about to say, have they? Did you it's, hear? It, it, it seems like everything they're doing is according to plan. <laughs> <laughs> like, they know what they're doing. No, did you see uh, the whistleblowers come forward this week? Oh, what'd they say? Oh, all kind of stuff. Okay. But one of the things that came out is the FBI, as we've posited on this podcast, mm-hmm had confidential informants and agents inside the Capitol on January 6th because the FBI office in Boston asked for the footage and the FBI office in Washington was like, we can't give it to you. It may expose all the people we had in the Capitol. (laughs) And that's on camera. That conversation is on camera. But we already, I mean, yes, that's really cool that that's come out. But we kind of already knew this, didn't we? I think anybody with any sense did. (laughs) When, like, the FBI refused in a congressional hearing to say that they didn't have anybody in the Capitol? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we all kind of knew. But now it's confirmed on camera camera FBI agents saying that. So, Well, wasn't that, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I may be very misinformed on this, but... The uh, who was the governor of Minnesota that they were going to? There was a group that was Michigan. That was Michigan. Yeah. Yes. And then they couldn't convict you know because they all work for the FBI. Well, it was like two stupid guys who thought it was a prank, and then like five or six FBI informants. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And they made it out like it was the biggest deal, (laughs) and all the FBI had to come out and be like, "All they had to say was we found these two dumb guys (laughs) and talked them into doing this." Sorry, it got a little out of hand or whatever. Yeah. Anyways, the feds did January 6th. That's all you need to know. Everybody knows that now. It seems like uh, all the super hot political stuff, the FBI, they have their hands on it somewhere, somehow. Big time. Yeah. I have developed the theory that the CIA now uses the FBI to do their dirty work. Because <laughs> there's, there's too much heat. Yeah. Too much public Exactly. Exposure like, we, need to, we need to pull back. <laughs> Everybody's already all over us anyways. Let's let the FBI do it. Mm-hmm. You know who would make a great FBI agent? One of our CIA agents right over here. <laughs> Let's just put him in it. Yeah. yeah. And then we can cause an insurrection mm-hmm. at the Capitol, which will hopefully prevent Donald Trump from being president again. Right. Yeah. Anyways. But he's, he, but he's running anyway. 
Oh, he's running. They're gonna, I already <laughs> saw they're going to charge him with some more crimes now because of something. <laughs> did you see the – I didn't watch it, but did you hear about like the town hall? I saw some clips of it. I had no <laughs> idea it was going on until like the next day, and I saw people making fun of it. Yeah. The lady who he called a nasty woman apparently is from Alabama or went to Alabama or something. Oh, I would like to say that he did not call her a nasty woman. Oh, yeah? This is woke Trump. He called her a nasty person. Okay. <laughs> The, my favorite part in seeing all that was the people mad at CNN for airing it. You right. Know? Like, how could you give this man a platform or, you know, and all that? And I was like, because they're broken. They need money. And they knew people would watch, yeah. right? I mean, that's how it works. They're a business. Or are you just figuring this out? Mm-hmm. They're not an unbiased news source. They're a business. So there you go. Anyways. Well. Uh- <laughs> okay. I, I get Fired up about the feds, man. <laughs> I don't trust them. Uh, nor should you. I don't think anybody should. No. What's so weird is that the people who used to, that when I was growing up, was like, hey, don't trust the feds. They're all the people now are like, no, the government's cool, guys. Mm-hmm. Look, they're doing good things. And I'm like, are they really? Like, I don't think they've changed since the 1990s when you were telling me they were bad people, you know? Right. So, anyways, or the 80s. Everybody hated the government in the 80s. Those same people really love it. Now it's weird. I mean, there's a lot to hate. Yeah. So it ended up people that were all pro, you know, our government, or now they're all like the feds are. Well, how about this? How about the left? They used to be the anti-war party. Right. They're big to big on the war. The ones who are they like, love Ukraine. Yeah, war. we've got to yeah. we've got to send all this money to Ukraine. We may even have to intervene. Sure. Who's yeah. got to be uh deposed. Yes. Weird, so, isn't it? Yes, yeah, weird. Reckon why? <laughs> I don't know. Why. I don't know either. This blows my mind. Don't get me wrong. I hate it for Ukraine. Yeah. But I tell you what I don't want, is as bad as that is, what I really don't want is nuclear war. Yeah. I don't want it either. And uh, like you said, the left, they used to be big on free speech and everything, and now it's... They're not. As they got to clamp down on misinformation. Yeah, which I mean, our conservatives I, <laughs> are still they're they're that way too. They yeah. haven't changed on that side. They mm-hmm. they still hate free speech as well. Yeah, it just is. Well, I, I feel like for them, for for the left, it's misinformation. Yeah, for the right, it's uh, anti-America, unpatriotic that, speech, and uh, any sexual references in a book a child may read. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Now, some of the books that I've seen from that they're like saying you can't teach in school or whatever, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, yeah, well, you're just showing like a elementary school how to give a kid how to give a blowjob. Like that doesn't yeah, seem normal. Yeah, I saw that. Right? I feel like surely that's not all. That's got to be the extreme schools. on it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, We're not talking about like a book where, well, like in The Grapes of Wrath, mm-hmm. you know, there's a section of Grapes of Wrath where they have to breastfeed because they're hungry, you know? You don't need to take that out of the library. That's a classic book. You know, that's a that's something I think everybody should read. I think it's a great giraffe. But yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Just uh it's very it's very slippery when we start saying you can't do this and you can't do that when it comes to the first amendment. So right. yeah. I'm pretty much let's let it all fly. Mm-hmm. And then if you and let teach. the chips fall where they may. Well, if you're teaching my third grader how to give a blowjob, then I'll come talk to you about it one on one. Yeah. And we'll handle it. Seems reasonable. I don't know. All right. That's enough. Nobody pay their taxes this year. <laughs> Let's all get together. 
Auschwitz Museum criticizes, quote, tasteless ice cream stand near the iconic death gate. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> what a place to put it. Yeah, no. Is there not a better place to put an ice cream stand <laughs> than by the death gate? Commemoration professionals in Poland have criticized the opening of an ice cream stand just outside the museum on the grounds of the Auschwitz uh, former death camp. The stand, its walls emblazoned with a drawing of ice cream of an ice cream cone and a pink colored logo reading "Ice Love," <laughs> as well as the words "waffles" and "ice creams." Opened this month about 200 meters away and in plain view of the iconic red brick Auschwitz historical gate, also known in Poland as the Death Gate, with its double train tracks and overhead watch post. The country officially said that the stand has been erected without a permit and would be moved. So it may not even be up. Oh, anymore. yeah. So it's just somebody trying to make a quick buck before they got get, shut down. Get your ice cream now. That's right. <laughs> it's not going to be there much longer. A spokesperson for the Auschwitz State Museum called the opening an example not only of aesthetic tastelessness, but also of disrespect for a nearby special historical site in an email to the Times of Israel. The trailer, however, stands outside the boundary of the protection zone of the memorial designated by law, so unfortunately we have no influence over it. We must trust that the relevant authorities will solve this embarrassing problem. Uh, Dagmar Kopijaz of the Auschwitz Memorial Site Foundation, a foundation that commemorates World War II and Holocaust-related sites that are near the Auschwitz Museum, but also outside the museum's territory or jurisdiction, told the newspaper that residents are upset because it looks awful. We jumped through a lot of hoops to get to people are mad about this. (laughs) Uh, Powell... uh, Joe Belus, a, a deputy county director in the city of, I can say that, Oshwim. Osh, sure. Near the museum, told the paper that the stand was erected without a permit and that officials had initiated proceedings to have it removed. Uh, anyway, it, it goes on and it talks a little bit more about it. But, uh, I mean, I don't know about you. I cannot count the number of times I've been standing next to some tragedy <laughs> memorial. And thought, I really want some ice cream. Sure. Right now. I need right now is a push pop. <laughs> standing um, standing right there next to the burning heat after 9-11, just wishing so bad I had one of those Mickey Mouse ice cream bars. <laughs> you know, you get the Vietnam Wall memorial. Yeah. You're like, I need a rocket pop right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh I'm sure whoever owned the ice cream stand was like, Auschwitz is a big tourist place. There's a lot of people there. Let me get over there close to it and make a buck. Mm-hmm. He probably didn't think about, hey, this is a pretty solemn tourist thing. <laughs> you know, we're not down at at uh, you know, some happy place here. You know, he just wanted to make a dollar. Mm-hmm. Hmm. If it was a, if if Auschwitz was in the South, there would be a lot place set up out front, you know, over on in a pasture across the road, selling Trump flags and everything <laughs> else. There'd probably be a Dollar General not too oh, far absolutely. away. <laughs> 100% would be a Dollar General there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, you, I see their point in it. 
then then the the capitalist in me is like, let the guy make his money. Mm-hmm. Like that's good for him. He figured out a a where where to go and mm-hmm. sell some ice cream. I, <laughs> this may not make it into the final cut of the show, <laughs> but the Sixteenth Street Baptist Church in Birmingham don't they have a gift shop? <laughs> Do they for real? I don't know. I thought they did. What are you gonna buy there? <laughs> T-shirt. <laughs> I don't know. They may. I don't know. They may not have a gift shop, but they've got. I, I don't know if it's them, but there's a 16th Street. Uh, there's like a sticker, some stickers on Redbubble. <laughs> okay. And there's an Etsy shop. Is there a gift shop at Auschwitz? <laughs> <laughs> My grandfather was at Auschwitz, and all I got was this lousy T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you, they got a gift shop at Pearl Harbor. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Yeah, they got a gift shop at Pearl Harbor. Did they have an ice cream stand? <clears throat> yeah, they had a snack stand. <laughs> yes, absolutely they did. Um, So there you go. Um, Yeah, I, I don't. I can't hate on somebody for trying to make a buck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I also can't hate on the people going, hey, probably not cool for you to sit up here. A lot of bad stuff went down like a couple hundred yards from where you are. So let's be respectful. Maybe that's a good reason to to bring some good stuff. Sure. Right. We're trying to change the world's opinion of Austin. <laughs> and we're, we start with ice cream. We want to make it a happy place. <laughs> yeah. I can see that. I, I can. Um, let's talk about another oppressed group, okay. and that would be WNBA players. <laughs> <laughs> Who? <laughs> What's that? Um, your favorite WNBA player, Brittany Griner, returned to play her first game, and her coach wondered, how is it not a sellout? <laughs> Has there ever been a sellout game? I'm Sure. Are you, though? (laughs) I I would imagine so. Somewhere along the way, they had to play in an arena small enough to sell it out, right? Like some high school gymnasium somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The Phoenix Mercury were on the road to start the 2023 season, uh, and as the team took on the Los Angeles Sparks at the Crypto.com Arena in Brittany Griner's official return to the floor. Griner had 18 points and six rebounds, four blocks, and two assists in Phoenix and Phoenix's 94 to 71 loss. But it was a big moment for the former Baylor standout Baptist. She's Southern Baptist. I mean, it's a, <laughs> Baylor's a Baptist school. Everybody knows it. Founded by an Alabamian, by the way. People don't know that. But what better export for Alabama to take the rest of the world than Baptist, than the Baptist <laughs> denomination? Um, she returned to the court for the first time since 2021. She missed all of last season, and she was jailed in Russia uh, as she was jailed in Russia on a drug conviction. She returned to the U.S. in December as part of a Swiss prisoner swap for arms dealer Victor Bout. That Is was, that the uh, one that everyone was calling the Merchant yeah, of the Death? Yeah, the Merchant of Death. Okay. Yes. Uh, because it was a return, Mercury's head coach, Vanessa Nygaard, uh, was expecting a much fuller arena. I mean, it was great, but like, honestly, come on now, L.A., we didn't sell out the arena for BG? <laughs> <laughs> like I expected more, you know, to be honest. It was great. It was loud. 
But how is it not a sellout? How is it not a sellout? Now, I would like to pause right here and explain to the coach why it wasn't a sellout, and that's because the WNBA sucks. (laughs) It is not fun to watch for the most part. If you want to sell out that show, then you need to, I don't know, play the Mario movie at halftime. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that movie sold a billion dollars in tickets. <laughs> Griner said it was nice to be back in a real game, uh, but wanted to pick up a win. It was nice to be back on the court and in a real game and everything. The love from the fans who came out was amazing, and the players. I definitely felt it, and I felt it when I was there in Russia, she said, via the Arizona Republic. It was nice, but performance-wise, it wasn't good enough because I couldn't help the team with a dub. Um, so Brittany's back. She's playing in the WNBA. We all have to buy tickets now to, <laughs> to honor her sacrifice of getting picked up for smoking dope. Unless you're sexist. Sure. Unless you hate women. I wonder, because I think she was a big kneeling for the national anthem person before she got locked up in Russia. I wonder if she stood up for the national anthem when she got back. <laughs> uh, maybe while she's over there, she's like, you know, the USA is not so bad. <laughs> I mean, they did trade, I don't know, the merchant of death to get you back. <laughs> to get you back. So, when, you, when, can, when, so when, you can get 18 points and six <laughs> rebounds. When tension between our two countries hadn't been this high since the 80s. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yes, like the 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 tensions between our two countries. At one point, only one time were they worse than they are right now. <laughs> That's right. And they managed to get you back over here. We did it. We did it for you, Brittany. <laughs> How can y'all not buy tickets to that? It's because it's bad. It's not fun. I've watched WNBA games before. Mm-hmm. I like watching sports, even sports I don't even. I was watching golf before I came over here. I don't. I'm not a golfer, but mm-hmm. I just like watch people compete. To me, also, I feel like when you're trying to sell tickets to whatever it is, and the people don't come, yeah, I feel like that's on you. Like you can't. That's a very good point. It's not. It's you can't blame the audience. You know your intended yeah. audience for not supporting you. This you need to put on a better show or whatever. That's like when Nick Saban would get mad when Bama was playing like you know North Dakota State, mm-hmm. and he'd be like, "Why doesn't anybody come to these games? Or why don't they stay the whole time during the game?" And and like Alabama fans were basically like, "We love you, Nick, but you know these are crappy games. <laughs> <laughs> these are not fun to go to." You can say all your stay for four and everything else, but schedule some better opponents. I'm very thankful for the patrons we have. Absolutely. What you will not hear me do is come on the air and say, I guess guess everyone sucks because they're not not joining in droves. Look, guys. No, I'm going to be very thankful for the ones that we do have. Absolutely. And if you don't join the Patreon, you're basically turning your back on Brittany Griner. <laughs> and America. And America. <laughs> and Nick Saban. And Alabama football. And Alabama football. <laughs> A lot of people have been down on Alabama. They're saying we're falling off. We're, they don't think we're going to be that good this year. So Well, we'll, we'll just have to see. If we suck, I'm going to turn my back on football for forever. <laughs> I'll just never watch another game. What happened to all those people who 
were going to quit supporting Alabama football when they did like the march oh, they or whatever. For Black Lives Matter. <laughs> yes. I still, I see a couple of them. One of them is very proud. He still doesn't watch Alabama football because uh-huh. of that. And I'm like, brother, what a what a reason to walk away from something you've enjoyed your whole life. <laughs> yeah. Because they walked down the street together and held a sign. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, I, Correct me if look, I, I don't know because I, I mean, you know, half I'm like 40 years old and like almost half of that I was a little kid who paid no attention to politics. Sure. But uh at least in our lifetimes, I realized there was a civil war <laughs> at one point. We did have one of those. We were very politically divided at that yes. point. But in our lifetimes, has there ever been a time where politics was this big a deal and people were this Upset probably about not the divide our, in our lifetime. I would think during the Vietnam War is probably like that. Yeah, you know, but yeah, I don't think during our lifetime. Hmm. But it seems like, like back in the nineties and early two thousands, politics was just kind of something. Yeah, that, you know, you you voted the way you wanted to vote, and if you're if if red team got in and you were on red team, you were like yay, and if blue team got in, it's like oh well, we'll, try yeah, again we'll get them next years. time. We'll get them next time. Right. Yeah, yeah. It all probably started in the 90s. Uh, that's what I would think. Mm-hmm. And it's just progressively gotten to where it is now. Social media probably ramped it up a bit because every idiot like me can have a podcast and say whatever <laughs> they want to and get people riled up. So that probably made it a little worse. But we need another Great Depression to show the citizens together. what what really what really sure. matters. Right. Yeah. Well, it's coming. It's coming. It's it's almost here. I think <laughs> it's almost here. It'd be tough on a lot of y'all because y'all don't know how to do nothing. <laughs> yeah. Like if you grew up in New York City, you don't know how to grow any food. Right. You've never worked a garden in your life. You don't know anything. Dude, my kids, they don't know how to eat that kind of food. Sure. But they fixing to find out. <laughs> Did you see where the mayor of New York City was like, hey, we don't want to be a sanctuary city anymore? No. Oh, man. <laughs> Look, I don't think what the governor of Texas is doing is the right thing to do. I want to say that. I don't think that we need to be taking people, migrants who come to our country, Send them, put them on a bus and sending them to New York City. I, that doesn't seem like the right plan to me. But <laughs> it is so funny because everybody was like, we're a sanction, you know, a couple of years. And it shows you how politicians are. They're just saying stuff to get you to like them. And they're like, we're a sanctuary city. You know, immigrants are welcome in our city and we're not going to prosecute them. And blah, America's built on the backs of immigrants and everything else. And so the Texas governor was like, well, here you go. I'm going to start sending them to you. <laughs> and the New York mayor's been like, there's too many immigrants here. We don't have enough <laughs> services for them. We can't help them. We can't do anything. And they're just constantly sending buses to them. Well, okay. Well, explain to me, how does this work? Well, like, what? do they do they just offer them, hey, free bus ticket yeah, to Yeah, but you can to go to New, New York, York City, I guess. Huh. Because when you illegally immigrate to the United States, if I understand it correctly. There's not a lot of paperwork involved. Well, they, they have an app now. They've developed an app. <laughs> wow. They're giving them a phone with an app so they can come back for their court date. Because, uh, you know, everybody's like, I am I need asylum, you mm-hmm. know, what, for whatever reason. 
And so they're like, okay, yeah, well, here's here we'll have a court date for you and all that. And then well, as soon as they get out of that office, I think the Texas governor's standing there going, Hey, you want to go to New York? You want to go to New York City? <laughs> the Big Apple? <laughs> you know where they're never going to find you? In one of the largest cities in the United States. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're just dropping them off at the bus terminal. <laughs> Basically, your problem now. Yeah, right. Hey, y'all get a little taste of what we've been dealing with down here at the border for forever, yeah. which is our social services are strained, too. Yeah. And y'all are all like, we we love immigrants, but y'all don't know what problems this is causing our state and our cities and things like that. Mm-hmm. And now they're getting a little bit of it. And they're like, hey, whoa, whoa. <laughs> We're not a sanctuary city anymore. <laughs> Instead of them all doing the normal thing, of be like, let's just stop everybody from coming over. Yeah, mm-hmm. that seems like a very simple thing to do, or at least illegally. Yeah, let's right. stop everybody from it's illegally from injury. illegally yeah. coming over. And if they are seeking asylum, we'll have a process that they can mm-hmm. go through to tell us, "Hey, we're seeking asylum." Right. We'll partner with the government in Mexico to create a refugee camp at the border, and we'll start processing asylum seekers at that point in time. Mm-hmm. I don't know how all that works. It's much too complex of an issue for me to get into. But I think it's hilarious. <laughs> that we're, they're sending them to Chicago. These people this week, we're in Chicago. We're doing a press conference. We're like, these people are taking away services from the people in Chicago who need them. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's been the point of all these border states for forever. You know, and you've been calling us racist. Yeah, for you've it. been saying you're racist for it. So I think it's great. Also, uh, the other side of that is because all the conservatives are cheering that on. You know, mm-hmm. I'm cheering it on just because it's funny. <laughs> but, and, the, but the same people cheering it on are the same people saying this is an invasion on our country. And then we're sending the invaders further into our country <laughs> just right. for the laws. You know, yes, that doesn't seem like the right thing to do. either. I don't know. There's been some great things accomplished for the laws. <laughs> I agree. I agree. You remember when, was it DeSantis that sent a bunch of them up to Martha's Vineyard? Yes. And then yeah. they were like, oh, you guys got to get out of here. We and then, can't have four people hanging out here. And then here. as soon as conservative media seized on that, and we're like, hey, look at these people. Yeah. Are, you know. Yes. And then they immediately like changed their tune. Exactly. They're like, we want them here, but we don't have... We don't have enough. We don't have the resources, yeah. but we really wish we could keep them. Well, but we really... <laughs> can they just stay down in Texas and Arizona? Yeah. You know? That's much more fun for us to go, you guys don't, you know, y'all are being mean to immigrants than us kicking them out of our cities. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, how about this? Uh, this is going to be my last story here. Here's a quote from a Loch Ness monster hunter. I thought the job would be easier. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Feltham has dedicated his life to solving the mystery of the Loch Ness Monster. He gave up his job and sold his home in Dorset to move to Doris on the shores of the Loch in 1991. So, wow. Well, he's been That's 22 it. years ago. Wow. Those, no, 32 years ago. Now, after more than 30 years of searching for Nessie, he said that he thought the task would have been easier. Mr. Feltham made his first sighting of something unexplained within the first year of his search and he had hoped to make further sightings soon after. He told BBC Radio's Good Morning Scotland, I had one glimpse of something like a torpedo going through the water. It was a log. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's for me. That's what I think it was. 
Uh, I did think this job was going to be easier, as I had cited in the first year, and I thought that it wouldn't be as long until a second sighting would come along. He added, and that is where I'm stopped at that moment, still waiting for the second glimpse of something unexplained. Wow. Second. Yeah, he saw something way back in in 1991. Yeah. And it hadn't happened again. He said it was something like a torpedo. It could have, maybe it was a torpedo. Could have been. Could have been Alabama Sturgeon. (laughs) Could have been. Because I am here full time, I speak to hundreds of people who do report something that we can't identify. Mr. Feltham's dedication to his search saw him named Ambassador of the Year at the 2016 Highlands and Islands Tourism Awards. He has previously been recognized by the Guinness Book of World Records for the longest continuous vigil hunting for the Loch Ness Monster. The Nessie Hunter's continuing efforts come 90 years after what is described as the first modern sighting of a monster. In April 1933, hotel manageress Adley McKay told of seeing a whale-like creature in the Loch's waters cascading and churning. The Inverness Courier's newspaper reported the sighting. And the editor at the time, Evan Barron, suggested that the beast be described as a monster, kickstarting the modern myth of Nessie. In an interview years later, Ms. McKay said that she had seen something black, wet, with water rolling off of it, moving in a circle. She described it as a beast to her husband. The legend dates back to the Middle Ages when Irish monk St. Columbia said that he uh, encountered a creature in the, in the, in the lock. It's actually in Ness, which is a river that flows from the lock. Okay. But in 2019, scientists reported reported the creatures being repeated sighting. Wait. But in 2019, scientists reported the creatures behind repeated sightings may be giant eels. Which, Uh, I mean, that would be cool. Yeah. If they found a giant eel. Researchers from New Zealand cataloged all living species in the lock from DNA extracted from the water samples. Following analysis, the scientists ruled out the presence of large animals uh, said to be behind reports of a monster. No evidence of a prehistoric marine reptile called a plesiosaur or a large fish such as a sturgeon were found. Catfish and other suggestions that a wandering Greenland shark were behind the sightings were also discounted. So, man, how would you like to dedicate 30 years of your life to something? I don't. I would And then never... Yeah. See any results whatsoever. I don't, I'm on record. I don't believe in the Loch Ness Monster. Yeah, I don't either. I really wish there was one there, but I don't think so either. My question is can we not use like a thermal dynamic cam- camera or something and just fly over it with a drone and you would see something big with a body heat? But I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know. They say that this, uh, this particular uh, lake is extremely cold. Yeah, and I and if hypothetically, cold water, if, that's what I say. If this is a if if which I don't think there's a creature there, but if yeah. there was, and if it's cold, if it's cold blooded, yeah, maybe it wouldn't show up. I don't know. I mean, maybe so. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how all that works. But I remember here a while back. I mean, this was several years ago. Didn't they get like a whole bunch of boats together and like comb the entire lake? Oh, with a bunch as far of like, sonar. And, yeah, with like a. Fish finders. Yeah, basically. And they found, I mean, they saw some neat stuff, but no, no monsters yeah. anywhere. I don't, I, that's what I say. This is too easy to debunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it was in 2018. They found, there were some people with an underwater camera that found what looked like a dead 
plesiosaur. Oh, yeah. Like a dead Nessie on the bottom of the lake. And it turned out that it was actually a, uh, like a, a model for a movie that had been filmed, uh, like an like 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 independent movie. And then they just sunk it when they were done. <laughs> and like years later, these people were like, oh my goodness, oh, the this monster's dead. And that's what it was. Well, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's a Loch Ness monster. Uh, maybe this guy, like, what does he do for a, like, how does he make money to live? I mean, I, I don't know. You know, like, he can't be on a, I know he got a Guinness World Record for being on a vigil, but he's got to go to work sometimes, right? <laughs> Even if he don't work, he's got to go to sleep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he just sit there on the beach constantly looking for this creature that don't exist. I know. I, I feel bad for him. But whatever, he won an award and he's mm-hmm. in the Guinness Book of World Records. I'm not. Maybe I need to be like, I've been on a vigil for Bigfoot for 46 years. <laughs> I personally find Champ to be much more intriguing. Champ? Yeah. I don't know about Champ. You don't know about Champ? No. That's the supposedly, it's basically America's version of the Loch Ness Monster. It's in Lake Champlain. Okay. And uh, again, there's nothing conclusive, but you can go on YouTube and there's some pretty neat video and, yeah. and pictures that people have taken. Look, I've you've ever watched that River Monster show? Yes, <laughs> that's a big old fish in the that's world. Big ones. I mean, the alligator hit, gar. Yes, that looks like that looks that like looks Nessie like right there. Yeah. yeah, a huge sturgeon does. Yeah, but yeah, there's some big fish. It makes you wonder about the uh, catfish as big as a Volkswagen <laughs> down by the dam in the Black Warrior River. I've never met someone who saw one, but, but we all know somebody I'll, who knows. We somebody. all know somebody who knows something. Exactly. Everybody's got a friend whose cousin's an underwater welder or mm-hmm. something like that who saw someone saw a catfish big enough to swallow a man. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Could be. I once I saw that river monster show, I was like, "Well, maybe so." I mean, he caught a huge catfish in like Vietnam or somewhere. You're like, "Well, that might could exist in Alabama." Mm-hmm. We have essentially the same climate, so yeah, whatever. Um, let's let's talk about young Brad and young Tiny, an adventure for a pair of brothers who took the family car for a spin to a toy store ended Tuesday when the driver, age six, crashed the vehicle into a lamppost. Oh, man. You and Brad ever steal a car together? No. I never took a car either. <laughs> I had a cousin who did. He took his, well, our my great uncle, his grandfather's car one time. But yeah. I never did that. Have you ever seen that video of that one kid? I can't think of his name, but he took his grandmama's car yes. on a joyride. <laughs> that's a that's a great internet video. <laughs> he said he wanted to do hood rat he stuff. Just wanted to do friends. hood rat stuff with his friends. Yes. I feel like that sometimes too. <laughs> <laughs> the boys took off on their quest when their father was sleeping and their mother was in the bathroom. The six year old got behind the wheel while the three year old brother rode shotgun. Is that the end of the article? Oh, here we go. The boys who lived on the Malaysian island of Langkwai took the Toyota Vios around 11 p.m. in hopes of getting a toy store, getting going to a toy store and getting a treat. Oh, man. The minor, the driver was a minor age six who was driving a passenger, his brother age three, uh, the police chief said. Uh, the police chief said the crash occurred when the car traveling from Ula Mikala towards Kampong, Nayor Changbang. 
<laughs> lost control and crashed into a lamppost. The six-year-old had a cut in his chin, and the brother was not injured in the crash. I bet you they buckled up. <laughs> you think so? Probably so. Uh, according to the police chief, witnesses believe the car was being driven by someone who was drunk. Uh, when they checked the dash cam recording, it showed the driving was a bit erratic. Sometimes the car was swerving into the opposite lane, sometimes to the left and right. The boy knows how to start the engine and can do so when we asked him to ignite the engine, he said, the police chief said in a statement. Um, said that he interviewed the boy on Wednesday at the traffic police station when his parents came forward to have their statement recorded. The boys told officers they had a plan when they took the car. We are going to the shop. Mama is at home, the six-year-old boy told other motorists, according to the Times. We want to buy the black car, his brother added. So hmm. they were just, they wanted to go to the toy store. Did they did they remember to swipe someone's wallet? <laughs> I don't like, know. I wonder if they would have got there. Would they have had some, some <laughs> money? A, like shoplifted? <laughs> <laughs> that would be an Alabama story. Story like two boys steal a car, go to the Dollar General shoplift, get in a wreck <laughs> on the way home. But yeah, um, I, I I would say it would be very easy. It would have been very easy at any time for my kids to steal my car. Mm-hmm. You know, I just leave the keys laying there. They're all smart enough to see. All right, I turn the key, it starts. I shift this thing, and it moves. Yeah, and they probably could have tried it if I had not been so lucky yeah i was sitting here thinking i wonder why i never tried to yeah i never did that you know i guess guess you ever did either especially if you had a power wheels to practice on or something (laughs) you know you already got the kind of driver like a go-kart that's one of the reasons i thought i was good at driving because i'd driven go-karts so i just Mm -hmm. just started in the car i was like this is just a go-kart it's a big go-kart yeah goes faster, but it stops. You got a brake and a gas, and it just works the same way. It's like Mario Kart. Yeah, just like Mario <laughs> Kart. We had a go-kart track in between our house and Ben Stiles' house, and uh, there was a vacant lot, still a vacant lot there. I rode by it last week or a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and uh, we just had a go-kart track there, and we just raced go-karts all the time, ride in circles. This is a lot of fun. It's a good time growing up in Halton Acres <laughs> back in the 80s. You know what else is a good time? What's that? Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice. We want to thank them for their support. Check them out at their website, CajunCurl.com, where you can order the spice right there on the website. It was created on the Elm Bayou in Evangeline Parish, Louisiana, and it's a seasoning that goes on everything. If you like cooking or eating, this is a spice for you. Cajun Curl Bayou Blend of Spice goes well with chicken, beef, pork, potatoes, Loch Ness Monster, and anything else you can think of putting it on. I put it on my grits all the time. Had it on my grits this morning. Can't recommend it enough on grits. Cajun Curl Bayou Blend of Spice on anything will change your life. On their website, CajunCurl.com, you can order the Bayou Blended Spice, and you'll also find recipes that are absolutely mind-blowing. You can locate your nearest retailer or order your own. If your local grocer doesn't carry world-famous Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice, ask them to start stocking it now. Here locally, it's available. Let's go backwards. At the Piggly Wigglies, one in Taylorville and one down on Lurling Wallace in Northport. Mark Smart in Northport, South's Finest Meats, and Vowell's Fresh Market on Skyland Boulevard. 
All their products are made in the USA, so not only do you enjoy the taste of Cajun Curl, but you also feel patriotic while you enjoy your meal. It's all natural, low salt, has a little kick, but it doesn't burn your lips. World famous Cajun Curl by you blend the spice. Taste the spice, but not the heat. Check them out at CajunCurl.com and use our promo code EOP10 to get a 10% discount. Because we ask that you use the spice, but we don't ask you to pay full price. That's right. All right, let's go to the phones and hear from our favorite Canadian. Oh, yeah. Miss Jacqueline. Hey, guys, it's Jacqueline. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm recovering from a cold, so my voice might be a little weird. Just wanted to update on a few things. Uh, one, thank you for the update on Afro Man. It's great. I'm following this saga, and it's very entertaining to me. Uh, what you guys talked about on the uh, after show, the extended show, I guess, about iceberg enthusiasts, are they real? Yes, they are real. I live in Nova Scotia, which is right next to Newfoundland, uh, which is actually how it's pronounced. It's pronounced Newfoundland, not Foundland, but whatever. Uh, and uh, she's absolutely right. Right. But that said, why did they spell it Newfoundland? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like uh, the town of Reform in Alabama is spelled Reform, mm-hmm. but everybody calls it Reform. Right. Yeah. It's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds like there should be like a some kind of big prison there. Maybe so. You know, there was a World War II prison camp in Aliceville, Alabama. Oh, didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They got a museum and everything. Hmm. Missing it out. You get When you're in Pickens County, you get too distracted by the face in the courthouse window. <laughs> <laughs> that happens to people. They get enamored with it. Anyway. Um, and there are a lot of iceberg enthusiasts around here, my father being one of them. So just wanted to let you know that, yeah, they're a real thing. Uh, but the main gist is I was listening to your conversation and you were asking about uh, atheists and whether, you know, why they even bother to do good things. And I was listening to the show with my husband and he is, he's an atheist. Um, and the question became why, you know, not that why do atheists do good things, that they do good things because they're good people. It has nothing to do with a morality or, or a moral compass or anything like that. And my question becomes then to you guys, if Baptists believe that you're saved no matter what, why do you do good things? Because, you know, if you could be the worst possible human being in the world and you're saved anyway, does it really matter? So I guess that's kind of the opposite of the way that an atheist thinks, not being one myself, but having one for a spouse. Um, but he does good things because he's a good person. And uh, that's about it. People are going to be people, and if they're going to do bad things, they're going to be bad people, and if they're going to do good things, they're going to be good people, no matter what their religious belief. Anyway, that's my rant. Um, I hope you guys are having a great time. We're finally getting some non-snow here in Canada, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Yeah, I'm glad you bring that up. Uh, I, but but honestly, uh, the reason that, that people do good things, at least as far as Baptists are concerned, is... It's not because you're a good person. It's just because you love Jesus, and that's what Jesus wants you to do. Like yeah. hypothetically, yeah. Like if your sins are paid for when you're when you're if you're if you're a Christian and you believe at least in in Protestant <laughs> doctrine. Let me let me preface that. Then yeah. your your sins were paid on the cross, right? Like you know, you hypothetically could go out and do any bad thing you wanted to do, and that's been forgiven. But Paul and and all the apostles were, were very explicit that we are not to use 
Christ's sacrifice as a license to sin. Yeah, it ain't a get-out-of-jail-free card or whatever. Exactly. But some people would say those who do treat it that way are not truly saved. Mm-hmm. Now, we can't judge another person's heart. Right. But there is a, well, there's a saying, and, you know, Baptists, we believe in once saved, always saved. But some people would change that to if saved, always saved. Yeah. It's probably a little more Which accurate. is probably a better way to put yeah, it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Because Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Right. So when you do good things, whether it's donating money to charity or volunteering your time or, or whatever it is, the good things you're doing, at least in our faith, it's not to merit you any kind of salvation. Right. Salvation is by grace alone. You do it because you love Jesus. It's the same reason why, you know, come, you know, Valentine's Day, I get my wife, you know, flowers or whatever. I don't do that because that's my job as a husband. Right. And I'm supposed to do that. I do that because I love my wife and I want her to know that I love her. I wonder what it means when I don't give my wife anything (laughs) for Valentine's Day. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's probably a good metaphor for Mm -hmm. my relationship with Christ. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you're. Uh, I think that's essentially true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but yeah, my only uh, and and here's the thing. Like, uh, obviously, I'm glad. I mean, yes, atheists do good things. Yeah, and I'm glad that they do. But I don't. I don't know. I don't. I still don't see the kind of the point in it. Like, <laughs> like if the only law of the land is natural selection. Yeah. Like, why would you do good things? You well, know, I, I don't know. I mean, I've I have several friends that don't believe in God and they're all great people and they're all oh, yeah, nice absolutely. people. Yeah. I'm just saying that and maybe this is a better reflection on me Well, here's because the- I am a horrible person. Right. But if I believe that there was no scorekeeper and that, you know, when you die, there's just nothing yeah. happens, I would, who knows what I would do? <laughs> I, would, I would be capable of so much evil. Well, the bigger, Maybe it's because I'm a bad person. The bigger question to me is, because uh, you and I both probably know atheists who we would consider to be good people, is how do we arrive at what is good and what is bad? That's a good point, yeah. You know, like, seems to me there's probably someone who put that idea inside of all of us. We just didn't collectively come up with, I help a dude change a flat tire. I, that's a good act, mm-hmm. you know. For some reason, we all would think that's a good act, though. Seems weird to me that there's not someone who planted that idea into all of our souls. Mm -hmm. So that's the real question to me. Right. Let's get much deeper on it. Mm -hmm. Whatever. But, yeah, I'm a horrible person. So Mm -hmm. I help people out because I'm like... I'm a horrible person. I should <laughs> I should help people out because I'm a horrible person. Not to curry favor with God or anything else. It's like, man, it's the least I can do. Right. Because <laughs> I'm bad. There's not like a scale of balance. So if I do these good things, I can do these bad things. It's just, I just feel crappy because I, you know, I mean, the bar is perfection. Yeah. I don't know how every Christian doesn't think they're horrible, you know, because mm-hmm. the bar is perfection. And none of us are going to get there. Well, you know, Jesus says that, uh, you know, if you look on another woman, yeah. you've committed adultery with her in your heart. It's yeah. just as bad. Right. Who hasn't done that, especially living Not over me. here in North America? Not me. Where sometimes women don't want to wear any clothes. Not me. Not me. <laughs> I never lie either. Yeah. I mean, that's it. So, 
Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm great with Baptist guilt, though. So mm-hmm. that's one of my greatest qualities. Is sitting <laughs> that's just like, I meet up with it, too. I mean, I just can't help it. <laughs> Sometimes I wish I was Catholic. They seem so carefree, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of the times. And I'm just like, man, I'm bad. <laughs> I'm a bad boy. <laughs> I'm a really bad person. I'm a really bad person. And then people will sometimes be like, you're not a bad guy. You know, you do good things. And I'm like, if you, you don't even see know. inside yeah. my head. Right. At the thoughts that I have. <laughs> uh, yeah, you don't even know. I'm horrible. <laughs> I'm helping an old lady move Monday night. I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. But I'm doing it. If people were like, you're a good guy, the whole time I'm doing it, I'll be like, I hate this old lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's go to questions. Oh, yeah. Say. And now it's time for Ask John Questions About Stuff. We like to ask questions on this show. If you have any questions for us, you can go to our uh, Discord server, link in the show notes, or you can send them straight in via the website, earthidb.net. Our first question comes from Nicole. What are you doing or what did you do for your queen on Mother's Day? Well, uh, gift-wise, I got Deidre a gift certificate for a manicure and pedicure. Mm-hmm. And then the kids got her a Yeti, like a big Yeti cup that she can take her water in to work. She complains all her little cups are too small. Um, a gift certificate to Starbucks because she drinks Starbucks at work and uh, some candy. Mm-hmm. That's it. And then we left her alone all day. You know, we did cards, some flowers, a cake. And then I took uh, some of my hard-earned grass-cutting money <laughs> all right. and gave it to her because I'd been asking her all week what she wanted. She never would say nothing. Yeah, so. that was what Dieter was like. I don't, yeah. I don't really want anything. And I was like, Well, you're about to get nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you this: our youngest, Josiah. This was like Saturday the night before. I'm trying to. Uh, I don't know if if it's like this for you, but sometimes it's hard to get the kids away so they can like sign mama's card. Yeah. And oh, yeah. A lot of times it's like, Hey, look, go over there. I'm going to have the kids sign their son, sign your card, yeah. whatever. Well, Tara, she had just gotten on to Josiah before she went to go take her shower. <laughs> oh boy. And I told Josiah, I was like, I know you're super mad at your mom right now, <laughs> but I need you to come sign her mother's day card. <laughs> and he was like, I'm not signing her card. I'm like, please sign her card. It's not going to, you won't be mad tomorrow. Yeah. Hey buddy. Probably. You got to do me a favor here. And he said, I'm going to write Josiah is mad. (laughs) (laughs) He he said, how do you spell this? And for just a fleeting second, I thought, you know what? You could spell spell anything. I can spell out. I love you mom. Right. And he'll think it says Josiah is mad. That's right. But, and Josiah is the kind that the next day when she reads that, he's be like, that's not what I put. So, <laughs> you let him write Josiah's mad. He never signed it. Oh, okay. <laughs> he just, he refused to participate this year. I like it. So <laughs> I like it. Don't make me mad, Bob. He sticks to his guns. <laughs> I respect it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know. I'm not good. With gifts, I, I really am horrible at them. Mm-hmm. And 
like we got my mom we're gonna have our house cleaner clean her house you know like we paid to have her house oh, nice. i thought that was a good gift that's a pretty good gift and we did that for deidre's mom too she's gonna drive to fed clean the house there but you know i'm i just never feel like i get i'm i give good gifts mm-hmm. you know if you would just tell me what you want i'll get whatever you want you know, I think part of the problem is us just living in such prosperity. Sure, right. you have everything you want. That's it. Yeah, and I couldn't get her. My normal Mother's Day gift is like a day at the spa, you know, get a massage and all that. But she hadn't used her gift certificate from last year for that, so I was like, "Well, I don't want to double up," you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's when I had the idea to get her a manicure and pedicure. So yesterday she went and got her manicure pedicure and went to the spa, mm-hmm. and so. She like cashed in all her two years worth of Mother's Day gifts, mm-hmm. and that was fine. Uh, Phil Zoot Suit asks, "Can you create a tier list of fried chicken that you've eaten, and no chicken finger restaurants allowed? Chicken fingers is, uh, as he says, bastard chicken. Sure, uh, not limited to chicken restaurants only. Can also include grocery stores, restaurants, buffets, the freezer aisle, etc. So." Fried chicken, like tier of fried chicken. Where's it? How's it go? I was going to say the first would be, I'm glad he included grocery stores. That popped in my mind is the deli at Foodway in Fayette. That was good fried chicken. Okay. Um, after that, ooh, I don't know. Vassar's Mini Mart in Selma, Alabama, probably number two. <laughs> That's great chicken there. If you're ever in Selma, go eat at Bassers. You can sit down in there and eat too. It, it is a gas station. Yeah. I was about to say, admit Larry Speed Mart. Yeah, the Speed Mart's got great it, chicken. But my eye doctor last week said it was the best GD chicken I've ever had. <laughs> it's great chicken. So. <laughs> no joke, it is good chicken. Uh, yeah, and then, I, you know, just any mama's chicken, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's probably about it, you know. KFC. I mean, KFC's in there for sure. Yeah. Uh, I I tell you what chicken's not in there. What? At least not the one around here, Jack's. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't really. Not a fan of Jack's yeah, chicken. Yeah, I don't really care for Jack's chicken either. Public chicken's good. Eh, it's all right. Yeah, it's okay. KFC, Popeye's, Cane's is good. Um, Yeah, that's about it. Hmm. Where else is there? Uh. Oh, what's the one called? It's right up the road here. It starts with a B. Bojangles. Bojangles. Okay. Yeah, I'd yeah. put it below Popeye's for sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, KFC, as far as like mass produced, is definitely number one. You can't beat KFC. It's pretty good. Yes. I like it. They got it down. The colonel knew what he was doing. He's <laughs> got those 11 herbs and spices. That's right. Yes. <laughs> I was listening. There's a podcast called Business Wars. You ever heard of it? No. You being a businessman, you would probably love it. I might. It's uh, like every, well, he, he goes in series and there's, it, it's like, you know, he's done like a Pepsi versus Coke. He's done all kinds of different ones. One of the best one I, I've ever listened to was uh, Record Labels versus Napster. Okay. He did like six or seven episodes on that whole thing. And that was really interesting. I bet it was. But uh, he did like a fried chicken series, and, and he said that he uh, the colonel he, he got his start honestly just selling like the seasoning oh, wow. to other restaurants, and it was actually a while before he was like somebody else wanted to take his seasoning like buy him out and then build in a franchise around those eleven herbs and, and he's spices. Like, That's not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. I'll do that myself. <laughs> yeah. KFC's top tier. Love it. Mm-hmm. 
The driver asks, what is your favorite 80s TV show? Ooh, uh, maybe Knight Rider. I liked Knight Rider. Mm-hmm. I really loved BJ and the Bear. I don't know if people remember that show. Do you remember that I show? I remember BJ. There's a guy who was a trucker, and he okay. had a little monkey that rode with him called the Bear, named after Bear Bryant. <laughs> and he drove like a red and white cab over diesel, yeah. and they just had little adventures. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked it. I liked Magnum P.I. Family Matters was the 90s, right? Yeah, I guess so. Okay, I was going to say, I would say Family Matters, but yeah. I think that was a 90s show. Um, I was a big fan of that. Silver Spoons. I remember watching Barney Miller with my parents, and I remember it being funny, but I, I don't remember a lot about it outside of it had a killer theme song mm-hmm. to it um, with like a great bass line in it. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's Those were the shows that were on in my house that I really remember the most. What about uh, Quantum Leap? Quantum Leap was great. <laughs> Airwolf was cool. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, I remember all of those. So, but I would I would say uh top favorite. Hmm. Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> it really was. I love the Dukes of Hazard. Yeah. If that makes me racist, so be it. Mm-hmm. I'm not racist. <sighs> I was a little kid in the 80s. I would probably go. And this was late. I think it debuted in 89, but Ninja Turtles. Okay. That's been a lifelong I was never into the Ninja Turtles. Yeah. I, like when they came on the scene, 89, that's like eighth grade for me. I was already into trying to touch boobs. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, got, I was done with turtles and TV and everything else. I caught a bad case of turtle mania <laughs> right along with everybody else. And then it hit me again back in 2010 <laughs> when I had a son and like Nickelodeon did a, like a really good series. Oh, yeah? So, yeah. Huh, I didn't know they revamped Ninja well, Turtles. There's been, I think, four different... It's, it's been rebooted four times over the years. They're re, they've remade White Men Can't Jump. They did? Why would you remake that movie? It's when? on Hulu. I saw an ad for it. Up to, huh. It's on Hulu. But why would you remake that movie? The movie's perfect like it was. <laughs> I was about to say, did they get Woody Harrelson back? I don't I don't know if he's got like a cameo <laughs> in it or something. That's a great movie. I don't know why you'd remake it. Yeah. There's no need to. To make people like me watch it. That's why they did it. Dude, they did the they they redid Space Jam. And oh yeah, I've watched it. It was in my opinion, it was uh, yeah, it wasn't that great. Yeah, of course it wasn't as great. George's not it's, in it's it. It's never yeah. I guess you can't expect the the remake to be as good. There was never a cooler person than Michael Jordan, except sixty-eight comeback Elvis. That's the <laughs> only person that was cooler than Michael Jordan. Everything he did was cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, maybe it worked out better if they used Dennis Rodman. <laughs> he looks like a real life cartoon I saw character. Some comedian that was like, you know, so and so was celebrated as the first openly gay basketball player or whatever, and the guy was like, "Are we forgetting about Dennis Rodman?" <laughs> it was like he was pulling down twenty rebounds with fake eyelashes on. <laughs> Uh, last question comes from the driver. Do blue suede shoes come from cows with depression? <laughs> I, I, I get it. Yes, I think they do. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for questions. And as this free show draws to a close, we need to thank our patrons. Oh, and remind y'all of the t-shirt contest. And remind you of the t-shirt contest. That's right. Get your get your designs in. You can win free t-shirts for life. And by free T-shirts for life, we mean two T-shirts. Yes. Yes. That's earthoddity.net. That's right. Go to the website. 
Also, if you need drone photography, Shiny Disco Balls is doing that now. So hit yeah. him up. Hit me up. I'll put you in contact with you. He might not want to say in his real name <laughs> on the show. Yeah. But hit us up. We can put you in contact with him mm-hmm. if you're around the somewhere up north where he lives area. He might Although not travel the, to Alabama. I mean, for the right price, he yeah. could probably do aerial footage of sure top secret Russian installations <laughs> over in Ukraine. <laughs> 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 they down a drone with an Earth Oddity sticker on it. I would love that. That if would be cool. We shout out his aerial footage, <laughs> like side hustle, and then he gets contacted by like the NSA. military intelligence. Sure. Yes, that'd be great. <laughs> uh, we would like to thank by name those who donate at the 10 or above tier. And those people are Mr. Daniel Hedrick, Mr. James White, Ms. Angela Pinto, Ms. Sherry Heron. Mr. Chris Payne, Mr. Derek Reeves, Ms. Jane Updegraff, Ms. Jacqueline B., uh, Ms. Nicole Walter, Mr. Shane White, Ms. Sharon Craig, Shiny Disco Balls, The Driver, Todd Glover, Tyler Bond, and Mike Wilcox, a.k.a. McWill. Again, seriously, thank you all so much for supporting the show and supporting what we do. If you would like to become a patron, you can head on over to patreon.com slash earthoddity, where the $5... A t- the $5 tier gets you an extended show after this one. That's a whole extra show for $5. What are we going to talk about in the extension today? I'm going to talk about Nick Cannon. All right. Yeah. What about uh, you? I'm going to... Ooh, Dateline. Tiny. Excuse me. <laughs> I am going to talk about uh, a body that was found in an Arby's restaurant. Okay. So. <laughs> All right. They have the meats. <laughs> I was trying to work some kind of five for five uh, or four for five joke, but that's way better. (laughs) You got anything else? No, that's it. Other than I love everybody and love yourselves. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about masturbation. You've been listening to Earth Oddity Podcast, and we thank you so much for listening to us, no matter where you get us, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Our Heart Radio, Spotify, Stitcher. We're on them all. If you would like to email into the show, we are earthoddity at planetbell.net. If you would like to tweet at us, we are at underscore earthoddity on Twitter. You can check out our show art. That is underscore earthoddity on Instagram. We have a brand spanking new website, earthoddity.net. Send in a t-shirt design for the t-shirt contest, and you can win... A lifetime supply yeah. of T-shirts. By that, we mean two. I don't, two T-shirts. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's entered yet, but if not, you might could win with just opening up, you know, MS Paint and writing Earth Oddity, you <laughs> yeah. know, which would be funny to me. Uh, we also have a phone number that you can call or text. What's that phone number? At 662-493-2059. 662-493-2059. Now, this phone number works outside of Canada in case anybody <laughs> else wants to call in. We hope everybody out there has an excellent week. Earth Oddity for the Fringe Radio Network signing off. Love y'all. Bye. This has been a very odd production. Thanks for listening. patrons it's just us yes and tiny <laughs> and uh you got anything exciting to talk about 
<laughs> the new Legend of Zelda came out. Oh, yeah. I have played a shameful amount of that game. Okay. That explains why we didn't record on Friday. 